Welcome to She Bought That DVD, the podcast where every week we are watching one new DVD from our mother's giant collection. I am your co-host, Jaylene. And I'm Violet. And what DVD did we pick last week to watch this week? Mr. Holland's Opus. Yes, we did. And neither of us know or knew what this film was. I only knew it because... I had seen it on the list multiple times, and I was like, well, eventually we're going to watch this film and find out what the heck it is. But do you know who has watched it? Did Grayson? Uh, no. Mom's Mom. seen it. Oh, yeah. Mom has Mom's seen it. Mom's watched it. Dad it's, it's, knew it's, about it. it. It's been a while since we've had one that she's, she has seen. Sound of music. music. That's about it. That's all I can think of off of the top of my head. Yeah. Because she hadn't seen Sabrina. Huh. No, she's seen Rain Man. Okay, Rain Man. It just feels like a lot of the movies we watch lately, yeah, hasn't really been on the list that that is correct. But I take it this was a movie that she found and it was in a bin or it wasn't in a bin and she just bought it because it, it's she, an older she, movie. She also liked it. Yeah. She was like, oh, it was good. Violet has some controversial opinions on whether or not it is a good film or not, which I, we will get into. I just didn't like it. <laughs> so that's fine. So this movie was on Disney+. Plus. I forgot to grab it. So when I went to go watch it, I couldn't watch the DVD. I also watched on oh. D- uh, Disney+. Plus. I was going to call it DVD+. Plus. And I only just grabbed it today so I could look at it to confirm whether or not it was widescreen. It, it is widescreen. I forgot to also then do if there's any trailers oh. for the film. That's the only thing that I wish I had done. Because you're going to get what what year did mom buy this? You're going to exactly. get a, a Blu-ray. You're exactly. going to get a... <laughs> so now I can't tell you like when... In the vault collection. <laughs> well, it's not brought to you by Disney, so they wouldn't put Disney trailers, but... Oh, okay. Never mind. Sorry. It was just... It's Disney just owned, Disney yeah, owns okay. the rights okay. to it. I guess it's like... A conglomerate. I don't know who 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 else. They're they a parent own? company of it, yeah, yeah, whoever. Yeah, yeah. So, unfortunately, I can't tell you what trailers that is on this film. If there were any trailers, because last week on Rain Man there were no trailers, so that could be a DVD where it just it didn't. But I do want to comment. It is a very sturdy DVD case. It's of the time where plastic was not being cheaped out on dvd cases it's very like firm oh it is it's a nice solid it's a nice dvd case and it has a nice yep click no this is yep it's got wow so if we don't keep the dvd this is a nice case case. (laughs) wow it is actually somewhat of a dvd connoisseur over here (laughs) I went into a store. <laughs> Good for you. I really wanted Bon Me. Oh, yeah. Okay. And there's a really good Bon Me place. Just down the street from the Thai place. Yeah. Yeah. I've been told about it, but I have not been to it. It's the second time that I've eaten there. Okay. And it is good. Yeah. It is it is good Bon Me. So Phil Lip has been there <laughs> and he texted me he was like this is the best banh mi i've ever had here locally because he's vietnamese he comes from a vietnamese family so like banh mi is a huge thing mm-hmm. for them mm-hmm. and he was like you need to go here that was three years ago <laughs> he texted me it, and i still haven't gone it is very good and it's reasonably priced it's, correct <laughs> oh yeah okay first of all um one of my like I was going to call him a co-worker, but he's essentially my like supervisor. Uh, he's Vietnamese as well. Okay. And he highly recommends going there. And the first time I ever had it, he we had a staff meeting and he had brought it for the supervisor, like the, the rest of us. So I already knew it was good. We went and I'm like, I actually can tell you how much it costs because I, I would have gotten the email from them. And Grayson was like, what? Grayson's like, so how much do I owe you? And I was like, oh, that cost me $16 for both the sandwiches. So cheap. Yeah. And I was like, you don't, you don't owe me anything. (laughs) And it was delicious. So good. And they have like a really good deal where you can get the sandwich and a can of pop for something like, it's like an $8 special or something where you get a sandwich and a drink and it's great. Anywho, went for Bon Me and... 
it's um on a one way and parking is a nightmare and the shop closed and we were picking up 10 minutes before closing really seven minutes before closing so i hopped out of the car ran in got the sandwiches and then had to walk to try and find where grayson had parked and he got out of the car and he had like met me halfway down the road or down the street he was like you want to go in there and it's a store that has like used dvds really a massive massive dvd and blu-ray collection not vv honestly couldn't tell you what it was called no like vv as in value village nope so it's on that one-way strip yeah really yep and they have like a small collection of records and they have like a lot of um I was gonna say knickknacks and trinkets but people who like they buy and sell um whether it's like collectible items it could be trading cards um figurines all of that but a massive massive dvd collection okay i gotta go because there is a dvd that i really want yeah and i I don't want to buy it yeah no no and And, um you don't call it firsthand but (laughs) (laughs) new yeah new (laughs) um they also have um not just movies but tv series Oh, okay. Yeah. And they had a really small book collection. Very small book collection. Well, they were They're not really into that. Yeah. They're just kind of like, kind of, it was like an afterthought. Well, like I can understand, but like, I think it's really hard when you're a used store and you're trying to be kind of niche, but you also have to offer to the masses. Books is one of those things where you really have to curate your collection or else it's just going to sit there. They had the ugly series, except for not the uglies. They had the pretties. Oh. They had the, all the the second three or sorry, not the second, the next three, just not the first one. I was like, huh, okay. So what you're saying is I could go drop off the full screen version of Pride and Prejudice. You know what? Yeah. Okay. And you can hopefully find a widescreen. And- I know I have the widescreen one. I found it at Value Village. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay. Okay. There you go. I spent the five dollars. I spent my hard five dollars. Thank you on the widescreen of. I, I was gonna call it Valley Village. <laughs> what movie? Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> um, yeah, but we also have somewhere to take all of our DVDs to if we so choose to. Yeah, but I was also thinking. Okay, so I I don't know how common this is across well like I know it's common in like really big cities but you have like the little tiny library that people can have on their property there is a local kid who started a tiny little blockbuster he like created a blockbuster looking cabinet specifically for people to take a dvd leave a dvd and I was like that's kind of a cool I could probably pick through some things where they're a bit unique but like I don't really like we don't really care about them that they could get slowly offloaded. Yeah, that works. So that that was kind of an option whether or not I'm going to do that. I don't think mom would approve quite yet. Although she did like she's just like, well, are you not going to get rid of them? I'm like, they're not quite ours yet. So no. There's some of them that I think we could be like, mom, trust me, it's okay. Yeah. No one wants to watch this. It's fine. Yeah, and it is interesting too to think about like the films that we have kept that are full screen if I ever come across them in widescreen I would would happily swap yeah and just be like yep I I do want to actually keep this film for a specific reason but I I do want like Ray comes to mind that's a film that the full screen did a disservice to and you got it was like cut you know that was mom oh that was mom who watched it on tv right okay she watched it on tv the issue is i watched it through prime Mm -hmm. so i thought i just had a different version but no no what got cut was the pride and prejudice oh that's what i have to check for the yeah i the The ending is different yeah i got the film yeah and then i got no well you got the cut out part i got the film ending where people got mad so then they eventually cut it out and then they put it back in the film anyways go listen to that episode if you want more details on that whole situation you can also just watch the ending on youtube because people just post it there because well it's missing from 
Netflix. But back to Mr. Holland's opus. Yep. It is this week's film, and it's about a man who wants to write an opus, which found out is kind of like a musical score of some sort. It's like a piece of music that you self-compose. And literally knew nothing about this film, except I assumed that it was about Mr. Holland. Yep. Could uh, surmise that much from the title of the film. That is correct. I will say the picture of the front of the DVD still does not give you an inkling as to what the hell this man does because he is surrounded by graduated caps. The problem is this film takes over or takes place over 30 years at least. Yeah, 30 years. You're correct. Because it starts like 65 and then 1995 is the final year. Got it right. Yeah, my first note literally is it's filmed in the 90s, but takes place in the 60s. But it, I didn't expect it to jump through time as much as it did. That really was, it threw me off a couple of times. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of background on this film. It was released January 19th, 1996. I will say that it actually had a limited release December 29th, 1995, because when I was doing all of my entering of the data. Yeah, it said 95. It said 95. And then if you scroll down, I was like, wait, why does it say this? And I did more research and that's kind of what it is. The budget for the film was $23 million. It grossed worldwide $106 million and it was nominated for one Oscar, but it did not win. And I forgot to look at what Oscar it was. Well, now I'm curious. This film has... Quite a few topics brought up and themes. I hate to use the word themes because I'm actually not a very good person at identifying themes. But one of them is deaf. Like there is a child who is deaf in this film. And all actors who portrayed Cole were truly deaf. I just want to bring that up. And that fits perfectly from last week when we were talking about... Yeah. And I actually was curious about that because I was like, hmm, we were discussing this about having like it representation. Should, yeah. Should you have the actor be whatever it might be of that character um, or, or like fit within that? So interesting. I like that. Good. Good for them for including that. I think that's great that. casting yeah. for that. No, for including. I wonder if it's hard. I, I don't know if it's then offensive because. When deaf people speak, they speak very differently. And it has to do with the fact that they've never heard a voice. So they don't know what they are mm -hmm. supposed to sound mm -hmm. like. And that's why they sound different. I wonder if it would be difficult to act like that. Um, or if you're just kind of like mimicking what uh, you assume. Like another another reason it could be is they sometimes you lose lose um hearing over over time mm -hmm. um and so like you've gained the ability to speak because of that but then have lost the the ability to hear mm -hmm. um so it could be that it's hard to say everyone has obviously different, different reasons for and, yeah yeah and it's just similar to like blind people have different levels of blindness like there's obviously complete blind and then there's people who are partially blind yeah okay it was an Academy Award for Best Actor in a Leading Role. Was oh, the Richard nomination. Dreyfuss. Yeah. Who did he lose to? 1995. And 96. Oh, that's correct. And I can only see. Oh. No, I think if you click on, it should lead you to. Okay, hold on. I did this last time. Do, do, do. I can't do that. 96, 96. Let me just scroll through the wiki. Oh, I could just Google 1996 best. Actor. Yeah, I tried. It was a nightmare last time. Nicholas Cage <laughs> leaving Las Vegas. Nick Cage wins. I did not know. Oh, 96. I have. Oh. He win? Does yeah, actor in a leading role, Nicolas no. Cage, leaving Las Vegas. Nope, that was ninety five. Oh yeah. Oh, weird. Why does Wiki has this written very oddly? You're right. Yes, 
<laughs> yep. And then Richard Dreyfus, Mr. Holland's Opus, Anthony yeah. Hop- Hopkins for Nixon, Sean Penn, Dead Man Walking, and Massimo Trossi, The Postman. Il Postino. Yes. Sorry. 96 on this one says uh, Jeffrey Rush, who was in The Shining. Ah. Uh, oh, no. That's not The Shining. I can't read. It just says Shine. <laughs> I'm going to put my phone down and act she's, like I'm literate. She's adding <laughs> what she wants to see. Like, I do this all the time. Okay, so as far as this movie goes, I I'm trying to gonna I'm going to try to surmise what this film is to you. It's about Mr. Holland who wants to be a composer, but he gets thrown into being a music teacher because he being needs an, to make money. Being an artist is it doesn't pay. Uh, it's a broke life. Yeah. So his kind of end goal is I believe it was five years was what he anticipated i think it was like three years but then he was like oh if i do driving school oh no five years but if i do driving school in the summer it'll be three years yes to and get then the can, money and then we can get out and yeah yeah be good that was the plan but she ends up pregnant and they also settle down into a house yeah they buy a house because they she's pregnant they need the space and then um i didn't write the boy's name down cole it is cool he ends up being deaf and good on the mom for wanting Cole to have an education that supports him. Um, and he has to go to a private school so he can learn how to sign. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, fuck that doctor, but we'll get there. Yeah. So the other important part that's kind of happening is we are seeing snippets of Mr. Holland teaching throughout the years, but it jumps significantly in years. So we start in 1965 and then we do, I think a three year jump because we see um, passage of time and him losing a student to the Vietnam war. One of them graduates. Yeah. So the first one graduates, the other one we lose to the Vietnam war. Well, he also graduates and then goes to war and we lose him to that. And then the other one, she, it's the 70s now. She goes to New York. Runs City. away to New York. Yeah, to be a Broadway star. And then we don't really make another connection with any no, students. We don't. And around this time, you're seeing conflict between Cole and Mr. Holland and, and Mr. Cole growing, like you see Cole yeah. growing up over the years as well. I would hope so. <laughs> and Mr. Holland. I can't think of it. What is his first name? Glenn. <laughs> Glenn doesn't spend a lot of time and develop a relationship with Cole. And I think, well, I, I, it's because he's disappointing to him. This man who loves, lives, breathes music does not get to share this passion with his son, which we will further discuss why this is very frustrating because of a fucking lesson that he put on. He's a fucking asshole, sir. (sighs) (laughs) And Cole basically eventually calls him out and he kind of, it takes him like 20 years. No, it takes him 18 years because it's his 18th birthday or whatever. To finally accept his son. I know. And he puts on a concert for his kid. And sorry, his redemption arc was weak. <laughs> we can we can also dive further into that later. And uh, eventually, there's a lot of conflict within the school about budget cuts. Like you see this over time happening, where um, we have to make budget cuts. How are we going to save the program? And so they're making alternative ideas in order to generate money and income for the school one of them being the band the other one being a play that's how the broadway person gets involved and then finally when it's 1995 the principal basically lets all of the art and music people go because the program's been cut which we will absolutely discuss about and the finale of the film is the students all coming back together, putting on a performance for him, and the end. What would you like to talk about first? 
that he thought he had free time with being a teacher. (laughs) (laughs) And that teaching is a fallback job or position. I feel like that's what a lot of people viewed it to be and teaching back then. and teaching isn't easy. What? <laughs> uh, that's it. That's all I got to say for that. Like that was like the intro part of it, and I was like, okay, <laughs> I've just been assaulted, not assaulted, well, insulted. <laughs> well, I, and like he sucks at his job. Like he he. How do you end up being a teacher for one? Like, do you just... uh, He came from band, uh, like a band, and like, did he just walk off the street and was like, y'all need a music teacher? Yeah, we, we, yeah, no, like, yeah, you talk to you, you do music, you can come work in a classroom. I was like, man, you didn't learn any class management. You didn't learn any connecting with the students and teaching them what they want to learn or like making it interesting and engaging. It was, I mean, he gets there. He, eventually he, he he figures it out which is fine but i was like wow anyone can just apparently teach yeah i i didn't like him as a teacher and i st- i still didn't like him at the end unfortunately i didn't feel as though as you said like his redemption arc is so weak but i think my biggest criticism for this film that's going to keep coming up is they brought in so many ideas and so many characters and so many things that it never got closure. But no, but you also never felt connected. Because there was so much being brought into this film that was only two hours long. And the person that you were following around or spending the most time with was just an asshole. And I was like, I don't really care for the way that you're treating other people. Yeah. I'm not invested. I like... You keep living your life the way you do, but like, just, just be a little bit more kind and res- and respectful. Like, and yes, he he did show kindness and respect to some of his students, but then those students would graduate and be gone, and then you're like, oh, we have someone like new storyline, new story arc of a, a new child, child, a new youth, adolescent, adolescent that we're following through yeah. high school. Um, yeah, I just found it hard to connect with any of the characters. I I wish the wife was in more like I felt more the most connected or the 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 most that the people who I cared for the most in the film were the wife and his son. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I was so invested and wanting to learn more about Cole. Yeah, and, and how, how, how he, he managed was, his life. How he is he's doing in school now. Oh, sorry. And how he's doing in school with everything going on and like what's happening what's the wife doing now and yeah yeah I I think this would have been very interesting if this was done in an episodic way where oh this would have been much better if it was yeah yeah so like you're spending one hour and you're focusing on 1985 and you're developing proper relationships and understanding at the end of the episode that year is graduating and we're moving on to a different decade. We haven't said this yet, but it is based on a true story. Is it? That I didn't know. I had to look it up. It, it, it was bothering me. And I'm going to confirm this again. But Mr. Holland's opus, the movie's premise is based on a true story of how musician Glenn Holland takes a job as a music teacher at a high school to earn a steady paycheck and have more free time to work on writing his music. And I'm I'm sure this teacher turned into obviously someone great or like when we get to the end of the film, we have this very, see, I, I just didn't like Mr. Holland. So I have trouble saying this, but you know, you always have that one teacher that you're like, wow, you were, you were great. You changed so many lives. You helped so many kids. And then they go into retirement and you have a party for them. And it's like this really, really heartfelt celebration of them. I didn't feel like he deserved it. And I didn't care. (laughs) And out. And like, it was, it was lovely what they did for him. Like they brought back 
one of the first students that we meet that he works with and they they play the song that he has uh written composed for like the very first time it's played and like this this older woman the student ex-student of his is part of the band to play it like and everyone is so happy and so cheery and i was like I'm not this, feeling that. Like, you're a, supposed to yeah. have that Hollywood gusto, like, oh. oh this is so – and I was kind of like, oh. I'm like, oh, it's almost over. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. I, I felt like he wasn't deserving of – No, I, I completely agree. Just because the entire time I'm I'm sitting there watching, I'm being so judgmental yeah. of the fact that he's not developed a kind – relationship with his son and hasn't outwardly come out with the fact that he just doesn't love his son like he loves his students because his students fawn over the fact that he's this great musician and they can he can help him get it like learn stuff but why did he never try with his son and that's like what he missed so many years so many important years exactly and like cole is lovely like a great kid for dealing with the shit that he had to deal with from his father. Like he was raised basically by his mother. But like every outburst that he has is so valid. <laughs> yes. It's not like I, I feel as though like Glenn's character is like, why the fuck are you like getting acting all this up? way? Like, like, let me be. Like, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And it's, it's just like, like you're no. so selfish. This boy is trying to communicate something to you. He wants his father in his life. That's it. Every form of behavior or whatever it might be is 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 a sign or a form of communication. Like he is needing, he's he's calling out for something. Listen. Just listen. And like at the end, you see that they're all the two of them are buddy buddy and they're getting along. But we don't get enough of that for me to be like, OK, Believe what happened here? Yeah. What this is like the redemption arc. Like what actually happened here? Because I don't believe it. And good on Cole for forgiving his dad. Like maybe they finally went outside back and tossed the ball around and played yeah. catch together. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So like I think what they had thought was enough was him putting on the concert and then Cole sitting on the speaker. And I disagreed with that. Like, because that was for that was for Mr. Holland. That was for Glenn. That wasn't for Cole. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like I feel as though what we should have seen after that was, was something that Cole likes and exactly. Cole is interested in. He decided exactly. to partake in that, whether that be the um, car, that the car yeah, that he was working on. Like, <sighs> I really didn't enjoy this film. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say. Which is why I like stopped at the last little bit of the film because I was like, I can't handle any more of this. I don't care. So would you say that there were any other storylines in this film that you wish that they would explore deeper? Okay. Every time he was alone with a student, I was a little uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I was like, oh God, is this what this movie's going to be like? <laughs> like? Are we watching the reader again? I know. I was just uncomfortable and I was like, no, okay. He's actually wanting them to learn music. And then we do get to the, the final girl and I was like, okay, finally it's happened. I've sat this entire mo movie waiting for one of his students to make a move on him or for him to make a move on one of his students. And and then it happened and I was like, yeah, <laughs> I wasn't wrong. <laughs> I was like, you wanted it? <laughs> no, no. I just like it had this the entire time he was alone with a student. It just had this air about it that made me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. But I guess like I understand too why it was kind of going in that direction to like because it was everything he ever wanted and he basically got into a life where he was like, this isn't actually what I wanted, which frustrates me more that he chose someone who didn't like the same things that he did or wasn't like 100% supportive. And like, this is where it gets dicey because like, obviously like you have... Oh, like are you, you talking about the, her, his, his wife? Yes. Okay. Like, she's like, the relationship is like, I wrote a note. I feel no connection between the two of them in this relationship. <laughs> what is going on? Like it is, there's nothing between them. Even from the beginning when they're like supposed to be all lovey-dovey and there was nothing. <laughs> yeah. So I, 
I feel as though it's like one of those relationships where they are just agreeing to never leave each other. And then all of a sudden he gets stuck with this deaf child and he's like, now, now I can't leave her because, but at this point I'm just like, oh my God, she'd be better off without you. Like she could find someone. So many people. I know. And like, that's like a huge dialogue on the fact that like a lot of people stay with people that they shouldn't stay with just because it's comfortable or they feel bad but you're ruining the other person's life for this and your own like you're not happy either like it's just no one's happy like that was another like not not brought up topic in the film that i saw but and and everything was fine in the end it was great and he he bullshit yeah, I don't. It was, it was just. It was a really hard movie to watch, but I watched every every minute of it. I actually didn't go on my phone. I sat. Good for you. And I watched. I no, I didn't make a friendship bracelet on this one. I did on Rain Man. I brought out the good old embroidery thread, and I was sitting there, it was like, because I've seen it before. I'll just. I made a friendship bracelet this week, too. <laughs> I was like, I need to do something with my hands. <laughs> and my finger really hurts. And it's just... Oh, did you do gimp or did you do... No, with the embroidery. thread? Yeah, oh, oh, okay. I did a little... Che- chevron or an angle? An angle. Oh, I love doing the angles. Those are so much easier. I just wish I had a clipboard. <laughs> I tied it to my my water oh, bottle. Gotcha. Um. But it hurt my fingers. I, I really want to make another one, but I want to do a zigzag. Like oh, go down yeah, on one yeah. and go down so badly. That's that's my next step. But I'm not inspired by any colors just yet. Well, there's – do you have embroidery thread? Or? At the pool. Oh, the pool. Okay. Gotcha. That's what – that's all the rage. That's, the girls, so many. I have one that a student made me and that's it. Oh, that's so cute. She only knows how to braid, so she just uh, took three uh, and braided them together. I love, like, how... Okay, so, like, we're so sidetracking on on this. And stop braiding and just was like, (laughs) okay, it's done, and then said, I don't know how to tie it or finish it. And I was like, oh, okay, I can tie a knot. (laughs) I really loved the day... And it was summer, the day that Lisa came down from her bedroom and she said, you guys are finally old enough how to learn to learn. You're finally old enough to learn how to do this. And our lives were changed for the rest of that summer. I, I'm incredibly thankful because that's a skill that we never would have learned how to do. And at the pool last year, like it was the hit and this is why it's still going on. Like the girls just with the thread and like the different patterns and teaching. I was just sitting there. I was like, I actually like don't need to sit and listen in on how to make these. I already know how to make them. And they're like watching YouTube videos and trying, trying to figure out. I was like, oh, I actually just know how this works. Yeah. And this, this is a skill that I acquired. How old were we? Like so, 11? Well, I'm thinking that 10? we were... I think I was nine and you were eight. eight. Okay. Because I think that's roughly when you, well, some people have detail. That's that's the other thing. Oh, it's hard. I you was definitely, have, no, I was definitely probably eight, eight or nine. Yeah. But like you have the detail orients, but like we were also to really, tie <laughs> we were really into puzzles as well. So like, I think you have to be detail oriented. Like you have to have a drive to... And not to say that friendship bracelets have to look perfect, but like we also have like a, a certain sort of like uh, visual spatial problems, like understanding yeah. of how to what that's going to look like. Or, yeah, like we picked it up very quickly. Yeah. And so then when we were introduced to uh, GIMP at horse camp, that shit was so easy. <laughs> that was like a whole new ball game where you're like, wait. You're telling me I can make a friendship bracelet in like 10 minutes and not an hour? <laughs> Where has this been? So like that was also like a very exciting day. But then the embroidery came to being popular at camp and so started like making those. And I just remember they would only do the chevron or the angled or there was this other one. But the fun thing about like when we went to camp was part of it also predated uh, cell phones. So the camp counselors, the like go home on the weekend, would get a printout of like a cool little bracelet. I, I do remember and then bring it yeah. back to, yeah. 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 So I learned one new pattern while I was there. And so I, that's the one that I was like slowly working on last week where you have 10 different colors and it's all like scattered, but you're doing 
threads together and then you're working forwards and backwards. It's really like cool looking. Yeah. Um, there's one, uh, someone at the pool, they do, it's called like a leaf pattern. Oh, okay. And it's not like a chevron, but it's slightly similar, but it like, it rounds really nicely yes. into, yeah, that one's very pretty. I looked at it and I was like, oh, I think I could figure this out or like it, mm-hmm. it makes sense, but it, it has too many, <laughs> too many threads to, to deal with. I, I like to stick to honestly no more than like six. Yeah. So also like the biggest shout out to Lisa, she mm-hmm. had this amazing friendship bracelet uh, book. And so mm-hmm. Debbie felt really bad because it was Lisa's. She went and photocopied. Mm-hmm. And so when I brought it to my place, because I was like, oh, I think if I do the flower one, I can't remember how to do the flower one. I can look it up. Do you have it still? Yeah, it's in the drawer right there. No way. Yeah. So when I brought it, Brain's like, what is this? And I was like, you have no idea. This is the Holy Bible where for did, like the where last did she 10 pho- years. No, but where did she photocopy that? Like uh, Office Depot. Nice. Yeah. Honestly, lovely family. <laughs> I'm so thankful. So thankful for them. But I, it's just like that became like our holy Bible. Anytime like you wanted to learn something new. And I was like, yeah, I bet this like book is from the 80s. Well, when we were at Debbie's, mm-hmm. we no TV. No, I know. And so like keeping we, ourselves occupied was like. Colored. We puzzled. Yeah. We friendship bracelet. Play cards. Cards. Um cat's cradle but like the different designs that you can do with cat's yeah, cradle yeah, yeah. i remember always taking that book out from the library because the there's visuals and i couldn't read um still can apparently no it just we were always doing something that wasn't sitting in front of like a screen yeah and so I'm excited for the day where I get to teach Ava how to do this. What, what, what are you thinking? I used to sit with a calculator. Oh, God. That's and just like, how many, how many times can I hit <laughs> hit minus one until mom's going to come and pick us up? Oh, God. I, I, and I remember that and then learning how to like write things and then obviously flip, like hello and flipping it over. And, yeah. And yeah. Good for you. <laughs> And like trying to figure out how the memory button worked, and yeah, then there would be like, can't figure. And that then there's like an no. M with like the the <laughs> sign, and and you're like, I was like, Debbie, how do I clear it? I don't understand. <laughs> now I have this M, and I don't want it here. I I just want my numbers and not this. And she's like, it's it doesn't do it. It doesn't affect anything as long as you don't hit the other M. And I was like, ah. Or um, it was a solar powered mm-hmm. calculator, and then like seeing how you can dim mm-hmm. the numbers by what. Man, I, I hung out with this calculator <laughs> yep. multiple times. I do remember that. But <laughs> what I was going to say is I can't wait for the day to teach Ava how to make friendship bracelets. But she is a kid who easily gives up when she can't figure something out. Because me and Mackenzie were sitting there on Christmas Day because – Grandma had gifted Ava a spiral thing. And Mackenzie and I were so excited and trying to teach Ava and she would get stuck and just throw the pen. And I was like, oh boy, like I I don't know what to do. And like Mackenzie's just like, come on, Ava, like it's not that hard. She's like, it is hard. It is hard, but learning takes time. Oh, and she just immediately gives up. No, you just learning takes time. I know, but like and how find, find an example of something that she took time to learn is one of the best ways. I mean, maybe she also just doesn't like it. That's fair. But yeah, I can see that being and it any hard. and any time you are with her or I mean, obviously her mom's with her all the time. Um, if anyone's learning something new around her and get frustrated, you, you have to model the behavior of getting past that yeah so that she can see you don't grow and you don't learn until you've been challenged like yeah nothing very few things very few new things are just yeah second nature well the reason why i think friendship relations will take about three more years before introducing that to her but i think she actually has the tenacity to do it is because she's caught on to the rubber band bracelets really easily okay but it's less to manage i like embroidery is heavily management what about um (laughs) management 
Can she braid? I don't know. I like I don't do many arts and crafts with her. Start with braiding. Yeah. Start with Mackenzie braiding. can't braid, so probably Avocado can't. Probably braid. Yeah. Start with that and then gimp. Yeah, see I would that's what gimp I was first and then yeah, embroidery thread. Just because like it's thicker and like it's a bit more like tactile, whereas um the embroidery thread is so fine and finicky at yeah. times. Okay, so we learned a lot of like arts and crafts growing up. This kind of actually segues like perfectly into my question that I have. Why is it always art and music that is the first thing to be cut from schools due to budget? When we look at history for humans, art and music play a huge part of our lives. This storyline that they decided to bring up at the end was the nail in the coffin where I was like, are you fucking kidding me? We're not, we're not going to, like, he just kind of cutesy, like, fights it. And then he retires. He just lays down and gives up and retires. He's like, oh, okay, this isn't a battle that I'm going to fight. And I was like, uh, but PE is going to stay. Gym, gym class is staying. Uh, and I mean, he does make a good comment or a good point. And he said, if you're not, if you're going to take art away from them, then the kids are not going to have anything to write about. And I was like, yeah, I obviously, I disagree with arts being, um, eliminated from the school, like music being eliminated completely, really, really sad to see. I, I don't think they should. Math is great. Reading and writing are great, great skills to have, but I feel like I acquired a lot of my ability to read and write much later in life. And I mean like university. Yeah. I I became a better writer in university because I understood my process of how do I flesh out my ideas? Okay. This is my, this is how I problem solve in order to get into that. Okay. Well, guess what? Art and music teaches you how to problem solve. Yes. I know math does too but it not in a visual way. I, my problem with writing specifically was. Mine is your dyslexia. (laughs) That's whatever. Yeah. Whatever whatever you have (laughs) or dysgraphia or whatever it might be. Um, I, it was, you really only wrote in English class, maybe socials, but socials, not too much. Point. Good point. In university. And in university, it was like, shit, I actually had to figure this stuff out because I'm going to have to write for whatever class it is. So I was like, oh, I actually need to understand how how to write like Mm -hmm. a multi-paragraph essay. Yep. And like what what needs to be included in each section of like each paragraph. Like for years, I was like, okay, you need to introduce a topic. And then you need to give de- like talk about the piece and then give details. And then like your next, like, well, your first paragraph introductory. And then the other are like your body paragraphs that are going to be on each detail that you've mentioned in your first paragraph. It finally makes sense. They've been telling that to me for years. It made no sense because one, whatever you're writing about in English and there is like write to what you know, or write to what you love and enjoy. Honestly, I could care less to be doing that in general. I love being told what to write or like a subject to kind of like then develop more on. But to be, yeah, be in a course where you're hopefully you're taking digesting. Yeah. And hopefully you're enjoying the coursework that you're taking and you're like, I actually have to be able to write to that. That is when I started to learn how to write. Prior to that, prior to going to university, I understood, obviously understood parts of a sentence and like um, syntax and grammar like that made sense. But the actual substance of what went into writing and I should have learned that in English classes. But I, I didn't apply myself. I didn't care. It didn't it, in my brain. It didn't make sense. Mm-hmm. I wish I. I wish that we shifted things around of how we are educated within schools because I don't understand the purpose of a school, but I understand the purpose of education. Yeah. So I think like my biggest gripe with school is the big hang up on grades. 
And I think like my frustration with art specifically, I can't dive too much into music because I never took music, but like I definitely will appreciate music classes. But like art is so subjective and I really don't think it should be a graded thing. I think it should be a pass or fail with like, did you hit the five requirements that we asked you? Asked you, Did you use this type of medium? Did you use this kind of blah, blah, blah? Like those are your five outlines. Yeah, I will say if you're being taught a specific technique though, like there, there is a very, like there's a specific way of how that technique is done. I think that um, has more of a, a yes or no, did you get it or did you not? But it's okay to say, try again. But like, not I, quite yet. But like, as teenagers, people walk away from taking art because they quote unquote think that they're not good enough. I wouldn't say I'm good at art. Yeah, I think but I, like there's I, so many people who didn't continue. I enjoy it. And I took art class in high school and we were never we were never graded on like ugh. really you were graded on did you show up to class yeah was really what the art like how we were graded and did you complete whatever it it was the 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 project the assignments or the, your sketchbooks but really it was just a check mark for you know you 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 followed yeah the criteria you 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 got it done on time Good work. That was really it. I know, but like, I think, I don't know if you're like... And she tried to teach us some stuff. But I think like what I'm trying to challenge is the fact that we are educated out of our creativity. Oh, you're you're educated out of your criteria by grade... Creativity. Creativity, your criteria. Your creativity by grade one. Yeah. But it's I, like it, now, yes, it's like maybe not so much when we were growing up, but it's very early on. Like I am not a very creative person. And I also have realized I don't have a very good visualization. Like if someone says picture a red ball in your brain, do you see a red ball? Yeah, I don't. I actually cannot. There is I can picture such thing as something like that. I can't think of like you can't picture memories. Yes, I the, the weird thing is like I have very vivid and visual dreams like mm. that's never been an issue. But like I can't hold like I, I can't hold images in my my brain very well, which I think limits my creativity. But I feel like I've lost that over time. Yeah, you do. And I think like that was a very eye opening thing when I went to design school is they would be like, oh, okay, like draw it for me. And I'd be like, so embarrassed to draw. And it was like the hesitation. They're like, just draw it. It doesn't matter if it doesn't look perfect. The first go around, just draw it. Like you're trying to show me. As soon as I learn that, like anytime you just start sketching something very rough, you are immediately communicating something really big, whether or not it's super effective because it's perfect. And I, as I got older and I graduated from the program and I like met other people outside of life and I would be like, oh, just draw it for me. The pure panic of like, well, I'm not a good drawer. I'm like, doesn't matter. Like, I like, what would you like it to look like? Just kind of give some it. like, yeah, basic guidelines. Basic yeah. guideline. Like we can go from there. I can help you fix it. And it was brought up in design school. The fact that you as a 20 something human being who has done education for the last 10 years from like grade probably three so nine years or whatever it had been like it had been longer for me but you don't challenge your creative self so you have then lost this imagination because it's been educated out of you in order to just be like remember this recite this and go from there. Mm -hmm. Whereas design school was like, okay, we're throwing that all out the window. Like you have to like know some things like this is your baseline, but like, how do you get creative? Okay. Like these are your concept tools. What are you then applying in order for that concept tools? And I just like, the more I thought about it, the more I was so upset that our education system does not like, I think there would be so many 
happier people doing hobbies that they absolutely love it's, that they and like, never would have lost. And like play. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think it. as adults, we don't play. There are adults who do absolutely play, but I think there's a lot of adults out there who are so lost and don't know what to do with their time because they were never introduced to something early on in life of this is an option that you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, I went through an interview. I don't know if I told the story, but I went through an interview once with a principal. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. You have told me this. And she, I don't know if I told it on the podcast. I think you have where the students, if she was teaching grade seven, Okay, I don't know if it's a repeat story. Sorry. It's a, it's a good story regardless. She So she went from teaching like kindergarten or grade one to teaching grade seven. And she decided that she was going to have a soft start in the morning. So you don't go right into work or whatever it is. You just kind of ease into it. And when you're in kindergarten and grade one, you have things called centers. And centers are just like, it's playtime essentially. And there's different bins or buckets with like, one has Lego, one has building blocks, one has paint. Um, uh, There's usually like a dress up corner, like all the things that you can think of if you were standing inside of a kindergarten classroom. So she took bins and she just stuck them on their desks, like in groups. And I was like, okay, play. Like, do it. And they're like, what do you want us to do? And she's like, whatever you want. She said, they sat there, didn't really touch them. Like, a couple of them, like, built it out and thought it was a joke and, like, laughed around and didn't really do much with it. And she said, it took them, like, that's, let's say, September. She said it took them all the way until su- spring break before they were like, oh, my goodness. And they get so excited and so hyped about because the bins would rotate around about what they got to do. And, like, they would just... Like that started finally building like their creativity and their imagination and city of like trying to, or like the next day they were like waiting to, to build off of an old idea. And then they started working together. She said, but it took so long to get there. Like we really like, you just lose your ability to be, um, creative, to have this huge imagination, to, to be like fine with trial and error, error and, and, and yeah. And, um, revision or revising an idea and yeah circling back like just I was like oh my goodness I was like it's like good on you I was like I'd love to work for you I can't even remember her name or where she works (laughs) I was so stressed it was an interview and I was online because COVID you know but I am an interesting teacher is all I'm going to say because I I choose to look at a bigger picture when I'm inside within a school there is so much more going on in their lives, one, but there's so much that is going to go on in their lives outside of this building or inside of this school. So let's work with like, what do they like? What do they love? And I played Mario Kart like at least 10 times this school year with one of my students because he has such a passion for it. It's what he loves to do. And he is very talented at it. So, you know what, let's, let's have him share that with some of, one, some of his friends. Yeah. Why not? It's play. It's fun. He also gets to teach other people about it, which yeah. is great. Um, and like, co- like taking the time to just color and draw, like, and it doesn't have to be an activity that is done at the end of, oh, you finish your test. You can flip it over to the backside and draw me a picture. No, there can be a lot of time to do that. And it doesn't have to be an art lesson like it doesn't have to be okay all right class today we're gonna draw easter bunnies or bunnies because it's easter no just like hey guys it's easter what do you want to draw yeah no i think (laughs) that's like paint or whatever it is and there's so many other forms of art like drama and music and dance and (sighs) but there's art there's sorry there's art immersion schools there's um uh fine art schools for that you know like ah art is so important people and I okay Mr. Holland yes I understand he was a struggling artist so that's why he went to school because of stable income and being an artist is not always the easiest thing to do but it doesn't have to define your life no it it doesn't it can just be something that you do for for joy and and for for a nice moment to yourself and ugh, I, I mean, like, again, I love art. So, yeah, I, 
I'm also not going to say that sports aren't important, but I will point out the fact that European schools truly value music and arts, and they're very smart people over there. They also value sports, but my God, they don't take it as serious. I think physical education is important. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like sports, physical education is also like very important. Body movement is important, but it's equally as important as arts. I think they should be a, a well-rounded balance of everything. And I, I and in within the academic and art and whatever it might be, um, I think social and emotional learning is important too. learning about self emotions, but also um, like relationships and, and how to maintain and foster that with other people. Cause you're not taught, you're not really usually explicitly taught social skills. No, but it's something you have to learn. Mm -hmm. Or I think it's something you should probably learn. Yeah. And understanding body language and how to read a room. Yep. Yeah. No, those are why why like all important. There's just there's just things that are missed. And I understand that there's parents for that, but not everyone's getting the same education from their parents. And a lot of parents are exhausted. They're overworked. There's two parents working at the same time because that's what it takes to be able to have kids nowadays. So when they come home, household chores aren't done, food's not on the table, and you're exhausted and now you have to spend time with your kid. Like I I admire anyone who has children and puts puts the time into spending or uh spends time with their child. Thank you. Um but I, I like overall there's just there's a lot of things missing um and i think i think it takes a village to raise the children and we are walking away from that in a community a community yeah so yeah it's it's unfortunate and that's why when i say i i don't under fully understand the purpose of school but i understand the purpose of education mm -hmm. like I think knowledge is very important. But the way that it is taught or presented is not the best, but hey. Yeah. Do you have any other final thoughts that you would like to bring up about Mr. Holland's opus? Um, I will want to comment on the fact that I really liked how they showed the passage of time. They uh, put in real historical moments. The, yeah. So Vietnam War, uh, Nixon, Nixon resigning, um, pro, many protests within that time. John Lennon. Dying. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think what I really, really liked they had cell phones at one point. Or in 1995. Like, uh, yeah. But I really, really was so excited to enter 1995. And I was like, whoa, we're, they're filming in 1995. This is actually happening. And you had the goth children. And I was like, I was actually excited to see like what kind of music he would be teaching. And then like the program gets kind of was like, <laughs> so I don't get to listen to 1995 grunge rock. Like that was all the rage back then. This is kind of disappointing. But other than that, like I thought... Um, just the way that they had shown passage of time was a very, very unique way of doing it because they could have done all of a sudden like 1995, like little, um, they subtitles. never, nope. they never put a, a date or a year or anything, but Hey, they were smoking inside at, in the beginning. And yep. I was like, Oh man. Wow. And then I thought, or I asked Grayson, I was like, do you remember when there would be smoke-free sections, but it didn't matter where you sat in the restaurant, it still smelled like smoke. And he said no. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't really remember that either because I can't think of what restaurants. Anytime mom walked into a restaurant, she would ask to sit in the smoke-free section. And like that was the first I thing. I remember her That's saying the first that. thing. 
whatever. We walk up to like table for four. Oh, we're, can we sit in the smoke free section? And so then like, we'd sit with a sign that said whatever, no smoking. And then you would like look over across the restaurant. And the one that I remember in my like vivid memory of it is the 50s restaurant. Oh, okay. Because it was like the only one that restaurant that we went to a lot was Boston Pizza. Yes. Did they have? I don't think so. We'll have to ask when we go in the house. Yeah, they would know. But um, yeah, you're right. The 50s diner. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's still around. I don't think I don't think that area is there because they're probably converting into high. That no, that area that um, shopping strip mall. Yeah, is still there. Oh, okay. I believe. Yeah, I totally forgot about that. Yep. That's such a like, cra- like we were very young at that point because smoking then got banned. I would say pretty quickly after that. I'd say like two thousands. I don't know what year it is, and I don't know where it's at because I know you can't even now you can't smoke in your vehicle with someone underage. Yeah, but like I remember we were in high school where, like, we had gone over to the new school um, when students or like people can't smoke within 150 meters of um doorways or 150 feet or 15 feet or whatever it is it's like 10.5 meters oh i thought okay <laughs> i got the number. I, I don't know i stare i think it's 10.5 <laughs> i stare at the signs all the time because it's like uh schools community centers like there's uh built like specific buildings that you can't, can't. Yeah, yeah, smoke in front of. And I remember, and I think it was like 2006, 2007, like that was the big thing. And so then all of a sudden, like all the students who did smoke had to like walk off, go off like property yeah. in order yeah. to go do it, which I think they wanted to do anyways because they were underage smoking. Okay, let's jump into ratings. What is your story rating? I gave it a one out of five. Oh, I didn't like it. Okay, I gave it a two. I said the ending was too Hollywood for me. It didn't challenge the art that should stay in school. And then that you introduced so many Mm -hmm. storylines, topics that didn't get concluded. I also want to counter with this movie is about telling a life story. Mm -hmm. And there are always going to be stories and topics that get introduced into your own life that are never going to have a clean rounded ending. So as much as I'm challenging that, I also understand the point of like, life this movie could be imitating art and, yep. uh, and that's what it is but i'm giving it a two because i really liked cole as a character and uh, we didn't talk about her but the girl who goes to broadway oh my god her voice yeah i was gonna mention that in the music yeah um okay so the music i give it a three out of five um i wasn't wowed by it for it being a film about music mm-hmm. uh but it was still very well done. And yes, Ro, Rowena? Yeah, Rowena. Beautiful voice. She just like captured you. Yeah, her just stage presence. presence just had this glow about her that you're like, oh, well, you're definitely the lead in some part of some whatever. And I'm watching. Yeah, you have my full attention. Yeah. So I give it a 3.5 because... I agree. I don't think that the soundtrack is super strong. There were moments where I was like, oh, like this fits it. But I think there was like not as much excitement around the classical music that should have been like a huge part of this film. Visuals. I get a three out of five. I really liked how they marked the passage of time or they showed it, whether it be like the cars, the way that people were dressing. Um, It made it clear without them needing to put a date so I did enjoy that but there was nothing about it that really wowed me I gave it a 3.5 but basically the exact same reasons that you have discussed I loved the school I loved the music room I thought that was so beautiful and the outside of their house was just like yeah uh, um it really reminds me of the architecture of our grandma's house so I was like ah this is this is so beautiful what is your overall score my overall score is 4.7 out of 10. Okay. I'm a 6 out of 10. IMDb has it at a 7.3. So we're, well, you're, sw- you're very much under what the general population has to say about this. I'm slightly under. I didn't write read any reviews, and I probably should have, just because I knew that you were going to be lower. But I guess people do really like this film, and it has sentimental reasons is what I would say. There's not many people that I know who would know about this film. So 
they haven't been watching it recently. It is on Disney Plus, so maybe it has a bit of a revival. Who really knows? So the big question this week is, do we keep this DVD? I think the shocking answer will be no. I have to st- stop saying shocking because it's not shocking. It's it's going to be a no, correct? It is a no. I want to keep the DVD case. Yeah, I'm kind of swapping it out for <laughs> anything. Yeah, sounds good. Hell, I might even take it to put a Nancy Drew in. <laughs> okay, so we are going to pick next week's DVD. It's time to bid adieu to Mr. Holland's opus. Are you ready for something new? I am, please. I think we're going to change it up, and I'm just going to tell you what the movie is. Sounds good. We are watching Atonement. I sounds familiar, but I actually don't know what it's about or who's in it or like sh- nothing. Couldn't even picture the cover. Okay, so I know Kira Knightley is in this film, which oh. is quite exciting because this is our third yeah Kira Knightley film, which now is in the running competition of most Meryl Street films, like the most reoccurring actor actress that we have had because Meryl Streep we've had three okay yeah so uh we're watching Atonement it does not look like it's on any streaming platform so we will have to watch the DVD copy which is totally fine we are going to end the episode there thank you so much for downloading and listening to this week's episode if you would like to follow us along hit the follow or subscribe button if you'd like to follow us on any of our socials those are linked in the show notes below Until then, have a really great week. Take care, everyone. Bye.